welcome to what'd you call it? Diagon Alley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a new episode of Prospero's Pit. I'm joined here with a special guest, a friend of mine, Dontavious Young, who is the owner and manager of Equal Minded Cafe. Um, and just, you know, just like a baller businessman. I don't know how else to describe it. You're also a host uh, uh, of a late night open mic um, and other events and just, you know, a big, I would say, cornerstone in the community, honestly. Um, so it's really Really, I'm uh, honored to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate you being here, man. Yeah. Appreciate the opportunity. Great friend of mine, Danny, here. Um, you know, I, the the cafe is such a beautiful thing to have in the community, um, and I've been able to reach so many people with it. Um, and, and what you just said, like being a staple of the community, a cornerstone of the community, um, that's what that's what we strive for and to make a difference. So mm-hmm. thank you for saying that, man. Yeah, of course, man. I like I'm the first time we met, um, I was actually on doing a job uh to make a commercial for you guys. Mm-hmm. And um I remember when we just first sat down and you started telling me about the business and your your goals and your just your vision for the place. I was like, I'm I'm so I was so I felt like divine timing, like I was meant to meet you right there because I was really excited. Just so much of what you were saying was like really tied into my own beliefs and stuff. So I was just, yeah, I'm really excited to see the place grow. For for the listeners who don't know, why don't you tell us about Equal Minded Cafe, what you got going on in Truist Avenue? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Equal Minded Cafe. So we are at 4327 Truist Avenue. Um, I started the cafe in the building where my grandma actually revived a black-owned daycare. So it's been a black-owned daycare at 4329 Troost Avenue since the 70s. Mm. Um, And it just recently closed due to some kind of mishaps and some issues with the city and licensing and whatever. But um, there's been a daycare since that time. So my grandma wanted to revive that back in 2011, 2010. So she bought the building, um, paid for the renovations of it. it took like six years um, but also got a lot of help from the community everybody who was around the building who lived around the building kind of pitched in um, hey I know how to do electrical if you buy the stuff for it I'll do it kind of stuff mm-hmm. tons of different people like that from the community and as she was doing that over five six years you know and met all these people all throughout Kansas City who really had like a heart of gold and wanted to see the community thrive and wanted to see like just healing happen in on Troost and East of Troost, West of Troost, everywhere around that area. Um, it was struggling a lot, you know. Um, so she got the community to help her with that. And through doing it, she was learning about something called Ubuntu. Uh, it's a philosophy, a theory from Uganda. And it pretty much means it translates to unity or we are who we are because of who we all are. So it's like a we're all in this together kind of thing. And as she, like, learned more and more about it, and learned more about the other initiatives across the country that people were doing behind Ubuntu, she really wanted to implement that in the building. So she named it Ubuntu Village uh, because it really felt like that's what they were building with everybody helping out, everybody being a part of it, uh, people using the spaces for so many different things, artists. uh, Emerald City was an art group that was like across the street from the building at the same time. Um, Another uh, person who who had a business across the street, um, Seft Hunter, uh, he had a business across the street, and he was going to start a daycare, but then saw what she was doing with revitalizing it and just joined in with her instead. Mm. Um, he started some Airbnbs in the neighborhood and were very successful. So, you know, that 
through that long story, right, uh, my grandma, I watched her do that mm-hmm. from being a kid and saw the area really come to life, um, especially from what it was before. You know, as a kid, me riding down truce, you saw nothing but, you know, crime, you know, uh, drug sales, uh, prostitution, every single corner, like mm-hmm. legit. You could see like the whole transaction happened and then them go back with the money in their hand to a certain you know what i'm saying like you saw everything and it was blatant the police would ride down the street you'd watch them ride on the street watch everything and not Mm -hmm. do anything and so to watch like the change of that um in those five six years of her you know having the building there and helping people especially people who are in need or like homeless or on drugs you know she's always the type person willing to help them throw them in her car and take them wherever they need to go or go get them food and then take them home or whatever like mm-hmm. she does all that and so me watching that um i guess it kind of inspired me a lot also to do the same thing for the neighborhood and so then i opened up the cafe because it was a space where i felt like uh through all the different jobs i've had a coffee shop was one i worked at in high school and it was such a safe space for us like me and the guys who worked there um, and, and some other girls who worked there went to high school too, but there was like a guy, some guys from the football team who all worked at this co- this coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a safe space for us and it, it was so positive, you know, mm-hmm. such a positive environment. And what I really saw was, hey, you know, this product, coffee, it really brings like everybody together. Like we got old white people coming in, we got young black folks coming in of all types, like we got multiple other ethnicities that mm-hmm. grow the bean, know the bean, roast the bean. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all over. So um, I started digging more on it. And I also, you know, tapped into the chai because I actually didn't like coffee very much when I started working at that coffee shop. Right. Uh, by the end of it, I loved coffee. I loved chai. I loved multiple different um, concentrates and tinctures that I knew how to make after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm giving you, like, the whole, like, build of, of the coffee shop, but... This is really like why I wanted to do it was was I felt like it could be a positive space that really benefits the community in a great way and brings people together, food and coffee um, from all sides. Yeah. And I have to say it's the best chai in the city, right? <laughs> the uh, What did you say? You said the best chai is the gateway to coffee? It is. It's the yeah. gateway. Yeah, the gateway to coffee. But best, I, I have struggled to get past the chai at Equal Minded. Um, and also your sandwiches are fire, too. Um, next is the honey lavender matcha. That's what you should go for next. Okay, okay. I'll yeah. try that next. I, I usually go dirty chai and uh, San Fran melt. That's my order. <laughs> okay. That's my order. Hey, that's, I get that pretty often, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I had the pleasure of meeting your grandma in passing just one time, and she was just like such a light. Like I felt just like just off um, our brief encounter. What was it like? You you know you you talked about it a little bit, but what a role model to have in your life, right? And yeah. just like to see how it set you up and set your your like future up. It, it's pretty incredible to see how, how. What was it like? You know, learning from under a woman like that. Man, my grandma, dude, uh, she is a badass. She's a badass woman. I love her so much. Uh, she's been my best friend probably for a very long time um, because, you know, me and my mom, we've always, actually, me and my mom are probably closer, I'd mm-hmm. say. We know more about each other, um, but we've been through so much together that it's hard for us to really, like, talk about everything. Mm. Um, so me and my mom have been through some really traumatic stuff together, and my grandma was always there to, for me to talk to about it. She was the only person who actually knew everything me and my mom were going through, actually um, understood it. But she also, at the same time, I had this like huge praise for her because 
she taught overseas, like during Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, she taught in Saudi Arabia, taught in El Salvador, taught in all these different countries, um, in places where she just wanted to help people, where mm-hmm. people she saw that people really needed uh, help and she was able to give it. She, she's always there. She also in Waterloo, Iowa, where I was born, um, a city that has like a really big problem with gang violence and uh, a lot of a lot of messed up stuff happening in the schools and et cetera, et cetera. Um, a lot of racism surrounding it, of course, too. Mm-hmm. The city has a pretty high population of minorities, but around it, of course, is just all farmers, all all white farmers. So it's a lot of racism. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was a principal in that area um, for a long time at one of the schools around me. You know, and she was a teacher in other places. She was on the Kansas City Public School Board for a while. So, like, just huge in education. And I always said, like, I don't want to be involved with education. I don't (laughs) want to be a teacher. I was like, no, I see how you guys are stressed on this and you care so much. I don't know if I want to go that route. And somehow I found my way right back to it. Um, It's kind of crazy how that works. Uh It's in your blood. It is. Hey, teaching is in people's blood, I think. I think it's in everybody's blood. It just takes something to activate it for real. Yeah. But, um, dude, she has been, she's been such a great influence, such a great role model to have Mm -hmm. because in, um, a lot of things that I've been through, it's been really hard to like keep my head up and still look to help others, even though I have so much going on and nobody's really reciprocating the exact same, you know? Yeah. But just watching her continue to pour her soul into others and see how it like, it reflects eventually, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Eventually it does give you good graces not necessarily in like a fiscal matter but like you know just the people who the people who know her now who have known her a long time like they just love her so much and you can feel it and it's Mm -hmm. such good energy that's coming back to her and so in in so much that the people around her even kind of get affect get touched by it you know so it's it's a lot. It's kind of pressuring. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not pressuring because when I talk to her, she's such a down-to-earth person. hmm And, you know, she loves me so much and she wants to help out with things, so. Right. I know she'll always understand everything. Right. And it's such a blessing to have someone like that in your corner and to just, like, be able to, like you said, I feel like you do, just my encounters with you and your your um, coworkers, the, your you're, they feel like students um, underneath you that you're just like teaching them the way, you know, this is the way <laughs> to um, uh, reference the Mandalorian. But like it definitely feels <laughs> like, you know, I, I had the pleasure of working with you on uh, we're putting together a little bit of a campaign here and we'll, we'll touch on that early, later on. But um, I got to interview some of your um, employees and it was it was definitely it felt like, you know, kind of. a Yeah, like a. A Padawan situation, um, and that was definitely. I feel like I, I get that feeling from you, like this educator uh, energy off of you, um, that I feel just in that passing encounter with your grandmother, like very similar energies. Um, yeah, uh, I want to talk because the um, I want to talk about a little bit more about that specific location of Equal Minded Cafe because. Um, why don't you go in and explain to like any listeners what redlining is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so redlining in, I want to say the 1920s, um, J.C. Nichols decided to redevelop a certain parts of Kansas City um, and got approved for it. 
And what he did was separate black people onto certain sides of the lines, um, as well as other races into certain sides of the lines. Anyone colored was in a specific section of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and the west side of Troost was deemed white territory. Um, and then the west or east side of Troost was deemed black territory or colored territory. Um, and what it did also was it affected the city on so many other levels than just like separating by people. Um, on the east side of Troost, you weren't allowed to get certain loans. Um, you didn't have access to the same money. They denied them just because they were on the east side, lowered property values, um, et cetera, et cetera, as well as built the plaza, which is on the west side of Troost, mm-hmm. um, redeveloped Westport, which is on the west side of Troost, um, built up the crossroads downtown and PNL, which are all also on the west side of Troost. Um, Meanwhile, 50% of the city is still on the other side. And all the money or funding or access or resources or anything else that would have been given to the east side was all given to the west side. Quite literally, loans went up on the west side. Uh, People were approved for higher amounts, outrageous amounts that they didn't really need to add improvements to their house or uh, to buy more houses. So that has had a huge effect even to this day. Um, And I see it... In so many ways, because I've lived in other places as well and lived in Iowa for a while, so that's like a huge difference, right? Mm-hmm. But in Kansas City, it's like so much more segregated than just color or even like class, financial class. It's like everybody has their little like cliques. They're, they're sections of the city that they're mm-hmm. like, nah, these are my people. Even if they drive to the other side of the city and they're like, this is my people, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they stick with their group and it's so hard for people to branch out of that. Um, Specifically at UMKC, mm-hmm. you know, I went to UMKC for for two years, and um, part of the everybody always says like it's not a party school or like nobody's doing anything. There's nothing to do, and so I was like, I was digging more into that since mm-hmm. I actually mentored kids there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked a job there called PAL, Peer Academic Leadership, and mm-hmm. we mentored freshman kids, incoming students, mm-hmm. and so I started interviewing kids, kind of like yeah. asking them like, hey, like, do you get out? Like, do you party? Do you think do you think UMKC is a party school? Well, why don't you think so? And the majority answer that I got back was just that people don't break out of their friend groups mm-hmm. um, or don't break into any other friend groups, you know. And I was like, that's, like, not the same in other places, not as much at least, mm-hmm. not on that level. So um, I think there's something there, like, that it, it just it really does separate us, uh, the sides of the city kind of thing. Um, and so Equal Minded is all about just bringing people together from both sides of the lines. Yeah. Like everybody from... East side of Truce and west side of Truce, but also north and south, um, even the Kansas side. We want Kansas folks to feel comfortable over here. We want Missouri people to start feeling a little more comfortable on the Kansas side. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, who knows, we might open up Kansas branch sometime. But, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, it's it's been a blessing to watch, witness that right in front of me. Like uh-huh. people from completely different backgrounds or different sides of the city meet in the shop just based off of eavesdropping on a conversation mm-hmm. they say hey i'm interested in that um and then they start a conversation they become friends create a collaboration um i've watched that probably a thousand times in the coffee shop and yeah. i mean i'm even you you probably met one or two or three people there who you probably wouldn't have access to before no and- i was gonna say yeah i've made several connections through equal minded cafe that has turned into work or just cool friendships like bonds that's the energy i put into it every day man that's honestly like what i like every day was just like we'll put this back into like people are gonna meet here they're gonna make great connections and they're gonna say this was where i did it Mm kind of like a catalyst i guess yeah is a good word for it i definitely feel it there like 
it's substantial when you cross over to truce. It, it, as you get closer to it, you start to feel it, but almost as soon as you cross the street, you see the change in um, just neighborhoods and environment. And I know it's, it was worse, like, not too long ago. And I know you say it's been cleaned up a lot, and I think I, I've seen a lot of it come from local businesses like moving on to truce including yours including a couple other coffee shops but you're already kind of seeing like uh some of these houses get change and their apartment complexes that are showing up on truce that are being built right now for better or for worse um but like there's definitely a, a an, an economic shift that's like feasible that you can see that's like happening on that street um and yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's a it's a it's a teeter totting kind of like game you play where you are creating this space where um, all these people can meet and you're bridging the sides. You're also seeing, like I was saying, these like apartment complexes start to be thrown up and stuff like that. What's it like watching your neighborhood change? It's it is hard. Yeah. Teeter tottering is a good way to describe it uh, because you know you want your neighborhood to get better. And you want it to look nice, um, but you want to keep the same people in it. Mm. And sometimes it's not you're not able to do that while while making it so much nicer so fast. And it mm. also it, it's rapid. It's wa- rapid change. Um, some people aren't used to it. It creates conflict. Um, it's it's interesting though because I ask myself like really often recently like is this what you really wanted? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And. Because when I started it, it was so easy for me to stay inspired and stay passionate because you could still see what was going on on Truce. Like, there was a lot of bad stuff still going on. There wasn't as much development, you know, 2018. Um, and, it, you know, it was like I said, it was easy to stay inspired. But now that I'm five years in and everything is rapidly changing, there's so much development, part of me feels like, wow, like, how much did you play a part in this? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, letting people know how truce is, could be an amazing place or bringing people together from both sides or people, how many of these people that are developing probably met in my coffee shop years ago and right. talked about the development that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea just working behind the counter, mm-hmm. um, you know, and if they never would have had a space like that to meet in the middle of the city, Maybe they never would have saw those development projects. You know, that's this like rabbit hole stuff. My mind kind of like wanders yeah. down because I'm so like deep into what's going on in truce. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that it's for the better and you kind of just have to trust the process um, and just do what you can to have a positive influence on it. And um, when I have opportunities to speak with some of the developers or people who are moving to truce, I usually just like make sure I get the point across uh, that they need to be doing the right thing. They need Mm -hmm. to be ethical. They need to think about what black people think because Mm -hmm. it's a predominantly black neighborhood for so long um, or, you know, area. And that they have to include people at the bottom. You know, that's that's what I I say very often is, like, include people at the bottom. um, Include people with the opposite opinion as you, Mm -hmm. you know. Get a lot of minds on this. And that's all I really can say as far as them making differences. So. Yeah. I I really feel what you're saying about uh, like questioning where where this is all going and like where what your role plays in it. I find that like people in 
these like leader leadership positions that such as yourself kind of you have this vision that like kind of strikes inspiration something that you wake up and you're like I want to do this like I want to open up a cafe that brings people together like I want to make a film I want to do this and then you start doing it you put your nose to the grindstone you start doing it and then there are these moments where it's like you come up for air and you kind of like look around you're like is this exactly how I've been wanting it to go I don't know like and you start like going down like you said rabbit holes like these false realities that don't actually exist but you're just like examining them yeah. yeah, you know, like is that is that is that no too facts. much? Is that a little too much paranoia? A little no, too much no. smoking? I don't know, but like <laughs> I've definitely been in those positions where it's like, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> you know, what, what is this exactly what I want? Like I have have even had that with this podcast here. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I want to create communication. What you have like in the the cafe between people, like stuff like that. I also like now I'm like creating a platform where you can be seen your product can be seen and stuff like that so it's like an interesting battle where you have your mission you also have uh i don't know this like open-ended question of am i doing the right thing all the time right um but i will say that like i feel like just shortly you know i i know truce because i moved here a little a year and um, some change ago. And my friend who grew up in uh, Missouri and would come to Kansas City for like basketball tournaments and stuff, he told me that all the parents on his uh, basketball team would always be like, stay off truce, don't go to truce. Like that's not where you want to be, wherever you're in KC, don't go to truce. But now truce is where I go get my coffee. Like this is where I go get my chai, whatever, my sandwiches. I go get like, you know, I go for events, like the open, the late night open mic, um, uh, was incredible. I feel like an incredible success. And, uh, it was, it opened so many doors for myself and I feel like so many people just enjoyed themselves. Um, but I've also walked in on, in the cafe and seen you got you guys like hosting community uh, events. So the last time I was in, you guys had a big meeting, a board between, um, for people housing refugees. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like these community conversations that happen in your business. Um, yeah, I feel like it's so far the mission to bring people together is happening. It's like we're seeing what that is like, what is unfolding right now. And I think that's, you know, that's the goal. Like you you do a thing and then you have to wait and watch and see what happens, you know. It's not like you, you, you can guess what exactly is going to happen after you do the thing. And, like, that's what one of the things, like, the late night open mic, um, which you hosted, which you have another one coming up June 24th, 23rd. June 23rd, you had one a month ago um, where, you know, it was this, like, kind of competition, this, like, American Idol kind of vibe, you know, with all sorts of people. You had poets, you had stand-up comedians, you had musicians, rappers, like, all these people from all over Kansas City come in and just do their thing. And everyone was, you know, eating food, chatting, whatever it was. And it was such a good energy. Like, it was just a creative energy there. Um but I know behind the scenes it's stressful as hell because I've I've thrown a couple open mics just here in Prospero's and I know I'm like I feel like I'm stretched everywhere like I'm just trying to like make sure everyone's having a good time I'm just also making sure like no there's no fires that I need to be putting out you know like tell me a little more about like oh, you know being a host and operating a space where you're like facilitating community connection you know oh man 
that yeah <laughs> it it does get stressful throwing events you know for the first four years of us having the coffee shop i threw very little events where i actually threw it uh-huh. more so just renting out the space and helping people with other events maybe but man it can be a lot of it can be a lot of work but it can be really rewarding as well um it could also be really humbling when yeah. no one shows up sometimes right so I've found that like partnering with people and accepting help and mm. asking for the help ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, is also kind of how you get your events to pop, to be honest. Mm. Uh for anybody out there listening needing some help on marketing events, um, asking people to help you, asking people to be ambassadors and or repost your event, you know, like when you post something, for example, send it to all your good friends. Um, and any business owners you've worked with, honestly, send it to everybody you want to. Anybody you've ever had a conversation with that you can see their name on on there, send it right to them and say, hey, can you please share this? Mm-hmm. They say no, they say no. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a good book out there called Go For No. And mm-hmm. you, the more no's you get, the more no's you get, the closer you are to a yes. So always good to like ask the help. And you'd be surprised. like how, like mm-hmm. Honestly, a majority of people, probably 70% of people or more, will say, yeah, I'll repost it for you, no problem. Yeah. Or some people will reach out and say, hey, do you want help with this event? Do you want volunteers? Some people see how great something you're doing is, especially when you're doing something that's for the community, a social venture project that's taking care of other people or educating or helping them get access to something somehow. You know, so many people want to help out with that. Mm -hmm. So many people have a passion for that. Um, And maybe they're just looking for a space to get into that world so they can start doing those things too. So you might be helping someone become a great person. Or become a really well-known person who has an organization that helps a lot of people. I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it so the event back to I guess let me you know I kind of spiral sometimes with with my scatterbrain. But, um, <laughs> it's those rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, rap, rap, that could be a good book, low key or something. Yeah. You know, um, or a podcast. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? So, running events though. Um, that one specifically. Very satisfying. I loved it. I loved the open mic. Someone walked up to me during the open mic and they said, they said, dude, this is like a Bob Marley feel with a Wakanda vibration. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what you just said, bro. But I, I appreciate that. That's some 420 friendly talking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He was one of the performers too, actually. Nice. Um, But... Yeah, I got a lot of a lot of great reviews on that. It turned out exactly how I pictured it. Um, you know, I got to give credit to Clarence, of course, Clarence mm-hmm. Copridge. He yep. partnered with me on the event. He, you know, planned a majority of the sound stuff and the and kind of navigated the performers and everything and the hosts. Um, so that helped out a lot. I didn't have to be at the front of the room the whole night. Yeah, took care of sound. Right. And he's an amazing God, keys player. Yeah, too, yeah, exactly. So. God bless sound. Anyone, right. anyone who can just take care of sound, oh, pay him everything they want. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Because what he does is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, we hope this one, this next one, will be the same thing. We're doubling capacity on it since the wow. first one we had. We we sold out and we kept selling seats because we were like we don't want to turn too many people away. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of creatives who came out mainly just because we allowed it to be 420 friendly. I think mm-hmm. let people smoke and so many creatives were like, "Oh, I'm coming then." Yeah. I wouldn't come otherwise. <laughs> right. So. Right. <laughs> and like, all right, well, come on. And then you know the judges that we had made a huge difference. Uh-huh. Um, I chose judges who are really well known in the community or have won awards in the community. Yeah. Um, Sherry Hall, for example, she's mm-hmm. 
really well-known poet. Um, if she's, even if someone doesn't know her, they probably know someone that she's taught mm-hmm. um, or works on a team with. Yeah. So she's also a book publisher. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, works with a publishing company, I want to say. Yeah. And then she has also running for city council. Yeah. So. And shout out the regulators. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They're dope, bro. Yeah. Their team. We just had them perform here at Prospero's. Okay. Yeah. They're incredible. I didn't even know that. Yeah. 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 It was. That was our open. Uh, we did a a little event. Um. It was dope. They brought some good ass food, killed it. Uh, it was awesome. Like I was like, this is great. Yeah, I was like, I was like, we should do this all the time. Right? <laughs> yeah. Every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, every Sunday. Exactly. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. Um, who else? You had uh, Damien Case, right? Darian Case. Case. Excuse DC. me. Yeah, DC. DC Empathy. Yeah. That's my guy, man. Um, funny story about him. He actually worked at the coffee shop for like two weeks. Right. And. You know, after like a bunch of conversations with him and like working with him, I was I looked at him one day and I was like, Darren, you can't work here no more. <laughs> he's like, Why? What I do? And I was like, Nothing, man. You just you, you're too good to be here, bro. Like, because <laughs> because like he's at work, like trying to do Zoom meetings and uh-huh. stuff with people like across seas doing marketing stuff. Yeah. And he's creating digital content. And then every time he gets off work, he's just in the lab making songs or something. And I'm like, bro. You can't be here, bro. <laughs> you, need to, you you need to be working on your stuff. Because <laughs> I can, I can see how great he, yeah. yeah. But no, he he knew everything. He was a great guy, um, and he's a great friend as well. Like just really positive guy through mm-hmm. everything. Um, so I love having him nearby, uh, especially on projects like that. And then who else? Um, we had Jazz, of course. Yeah, of course. Jazz of course. Our couch. Yeah, shout out uh, Jazz, the amazing, the one and only. <laughs> yeah, Kansas City Zone. I feel like she's like. The woman voice for Kansas City, like right now. Oh yeah, you know right now. Uh, yeah, no, it's pop. She had a Casey Current collab. Yep. And she was also uh, she was on a show. She was featured on a show. Bel Air. Bel Air. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah, we had her also at Prospero's uh, Bell Tower. So you can check that out on the YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. No, she's on fire right now. It's Bruh. crazy. All over. Yeah. It's it's, it's awesome her work ethic, man. Yeah. She's she's just so willing to commit and and continue with the grit. Mm-hmm. You know, a little poetry, <laughs> <laughs> and so her sounds incredible too. I just I vibe with her music, you know. Right. Yeah, I like, love the music. When that flute comes out, I'm like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> she loves pulling that flute out. You yeah. know, I just hired a new employee, uh-huh. and she came in, and I was like, I wanted to introduce them because it's he's also a flautist. Is that the word? Uh, flautist. A flautist. I'm pretty sure that's the word. Okay, I'm going to use that now. So if I get called out, I'm walking up into equal-minded. Don told me it was flautist. <laughs> yeah. What the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, so they they had a huge, like, kind of like powwow. Oh, uh-huh. you're a flautist. Oh, you're a flautist. Um, uh-huh. She loves it. Saxophone as well. I have another employee who plays saxophone. Yeah. And she plays saxophone too. Yeah. Uh, Alex. Alex, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Alex. Crazy on the saxophone. <laughs> oh my guy, man. Also featured on Prospero's Bell Tower. Yeah. 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 Hey. Yeah. Some yeah. connection. Yeah, exactly. That's one connection no. made through Equal Mind. Well, I. I Connected with him at the belt or when we first shot that because that was the first one, and then I walked into Equal Minded and there he is working behind the register. He I'm did like, one with Swoovy, right? Yeah, 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 no, he was a sax. He was his saxophone solo was so good. That's the song we chose to submit to NPR Tiny Desk uh, competition because okay. I was like, this song blows everything out of the water. Like Swoovy's on it too in there, but he, we he get the whole saxophone solo and I was like, oh, we got it. This is the one. 
this is the one. He came prepared. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. probably studied that for like a month. He's yeah. probably like, I'm gonna get this perfect <laughs> ready. He 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 had a he played it cool. He seemed like he was like this. <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> this is whatever. I woke up like he this. is smooth, man. He's so <laughs> smooth. <laughs> he is. Um, and then oh, so the last person was Elena Page. Right. Owner of Next Page Talent Agency. Yeah. Um, she's also a talent manager in the city who, um, she manages a bunch of talent, dude. I'm, I'm not sure her whole category. I'm sure some of it she probably can't even talk about, but mm-hmm. I know one big name is like Tamba Ali. Oh, wow. Um, she has a bunch of other choreo- or dancers because she's like an award-winning choreographer. Uh-huh. Um, I actually met her, I want to say like a month before that show. Uh, we met doing a radio uh, station skit together on KCUR mm-hmm. with Kansas City Gifts to talk about the grants that we had received. Oh, awesome. City Gift. So I met her there and through talking to her and through talking to her manager, um, just kind of loved their vibe. I was like, I really like you guys. You guys are dope. You obviously know talent. Like, yeah. We're having a open mic. Do you want to come like judge the talent? Mm. And she was super interested. So I was like, let's go with it. And, um, yeah, man, she's a great connection to have. And I also told her that, you know, she kind of holds a special place in my heart because we spoke together on a radio station live, and it was the first time I ever spoke on a radio station live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of have this, like, dream of retiring and owning a radio station and just kind of interviewing people, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and playing whatever kind of music. Uh-huh. And so we started to actually build that, believe it or not, in the coffee shop yeah, um, next door, actually. And it's a recording studio for now, recording room with right. a mixing room next door and a big window you can see into the recording room. Right. Um, so that's where we're starting. Yeah. With it, but uh, you showed me the pro- you showed me the process or at least the progress that we that you've made on the um the space. It looks dope. I'm yeah. excited to see it finished. Yes, sir. It's getting there, man. Yeah, it is uh, definitely. Build the ceiling now, and then really you know, we're all good. Yeah, I mean you need equipment, of course. Yeah, you had the glass there, and that's like all you like. For me, I was like, "Oh, I see it." <laughs> <laughs> it's all it took, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what's exactly, up. yeah. Well, we hope to like use that for a lot of podcasts too, and mm-hmm. rent it out for people to use podcasts, and just let some people use it regularly. Yeah. Um, so super maybe, cool. Maybe you might have some episodes in there one season. Yeah, that'd be super season cool. Season nine. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna call it now. I don't know. God bless it if we get to season nine. Oh, we'll make it. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. make it. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep grinding, man. Um, I was definitely I was laughing because uh, that was the first 420 event that I had like been to here in the city because we, we just got legalized here in Missouri. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> and so I thought it was funny cause that was the first open mic that I'd been to. That was 420 friendly. And there was definitely a moment in the beginning where everyone was just high as hell. <laughs> and there was just like, not a lot of like audience participation with the hosts and the hosts were like trying to get people to go. But once we started cooking, it really, I felt like it really, you know, made the atmosphere. Got comfort, yeah, comfort. got com- they comfortable. Got giddies out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, can we yell? <laughs> can we talk back to the hosts? <laughs> but that was definitely funny. I, I, I definitely saw that. I was like, coming from open mics that weren't 420 friendly and then seeing the 420 friendly one i was like all right we're a little slow to the to the party but we get there <laughs> <laughs> it brought out brought out some of the awkward folks too so yeah kind of like well, i'm just gonna sit here and smoke my joint yeah i really want to talk to these people yet <laughs> yeah. but about an hour in they're like nah i don't go ahead and talk to right them. it's a bunch of them. uh introverted stoners in the same room we were like wait a minute we're the same person <laughs> exactly just had to overcome that you also had a bunch of businesses in there yeah. um it was really cool you had um bun- you were like basically this like umbrella 
little company that's like holding in all these little local businesses at the time mm-hmm. um and it just had a bunch of tables in there it was a vibe everybody's got to come out to that the, to this next one because i'm excited now that you're saying you're doubling the capacity like yo we got a cool plan to kind of um open up the back the uh-huh. parking lot and then project what's going on inside on the outside wall Awesome. And you're going to get some food trucks out there, some stuff? I'm not sure yet. Okay. The food truck has not confirmed yet. Okay, okay. But we got the drink truck for sure. All right. And Equal Minded will be selling food late night as well. Okay, I bet. Brunch and espresso menu. Yeah. Mm. Okay, get your uh, San Fran. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then... San Fran, or get you, you know, some eggs and bacon. Get you keeping it simple. Yeah. Avocado toast with some fried egg on top. Breakfast for dinner, man. That's a vibe. Why not? Yeah. We got this thing called uh, Good Morning Grilled Muffin. Really good all the time, honestly. And a grilled so, muffin. It's a uh, grilled. I call it a Philly style because uh-huh. um, one of my old employees who used to work there, he worked. He was from Philly, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, we grilled our muffins all the time. We grilled uh-huh. all our pastries. We just throw it on the grill." And I was like, "All right, fuck it, let's try it out." Yeah. And threw it on, <laughs> threw a couple of them on the grill, <laughs> tried it out. I was like, "This is deli- This is like yeah. really simple, but really delicious." Uh-huh. And so. That's what we do now with some sliced banana and syrup on the side, whipped cream and stuff. Oh, that sounds delicious. It's pretty good. That's got to be one of the best parts of having your own grill is just like experimenting with what you guys throw out there. Yep. Yeah, just getting stoned with your buddies in the back. (laughs) Sometimes people just bring stuff in, like uh, a couple people bring in beef bacon and they'll be like, hey, make me a sandwich, charge me whatever you want, but put this beef bacon on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bro. You got it. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. All right, so if anyone's listening and you think this is like, sounds like a great business because it is, uh, where you got a cafe with really gr- great food, great chai, great coffee that brings people all across Kansas City together, breaking barriers, fighting against redlining, then you guys should really come out and support. Because right now we're facing a little bit of an uphill battle, a little bit of a difficulty. Why don't we go into that and like sit, sh- tell the people what we can do to you know help out? Yeah. So um, right now we are having to face some issues with the health department. They want us to install some new equipment. Uh, to be specific, a Type One hood vent fan, which is pretty pricey, uh, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Um, so we're <clears throat> dealing sounds with expensive. that. Yeah, right. Yeah, sounds like <laughs> a big piece of equipment. Yeah, <laughs> just the name could have Type told you back. one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's so that's that's the issue we're facing right now. Um, the biggest issue, I would say, the other issue is we're not able to cook our full menu, um, except with catering orders. So we're uh, we're losing a lot of revenue that we would usually have otherwise, and that's been a tough battle. Um, but we're fighting through it, figuring some things out. And um, another thing with that not having the revenue is we're trying to keep our employees uh, and still give them the hours mm-hmm. that, that they've been having, uh, even as part-time employees. So that's been tough because I've had to cut some hours, um, but I don't want to cut them too much. And so we're looking at some funds we need to kind of help supplement that and keep paying our employees for that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're also looking at... Um, rolling out a not rolling out i guess i can kind of like say it now mm-hmm. uh, i started a nonprofit organization <clears throat> called big ideas foundation mm-hmm. and one of the things we need for that and the startup of it uh funding wise is to get a roaster um it's and i guess i guess i gotta kind of tell what it is now yeah so yeah yeah the organization is to really wrap it all up 
in a few words, it's a community entrepreneurship incubator program mm. for high school students, public high school students only. Mm-hmm. And we, it's a curriculum, a course, the curriculum that I built that the kids take uh, for a year in school and then for a year where they're actually out in the field doing experiential work, mm. running a business. And so the whole time in both parts of the course, they get college credits and... Um, once they finish the course, there's also opportunities for residual income for them to have for life from the uh, from it, as well as they'll have college credits to local universities, so mm-hmm. they'll be more influenced to go to college. Right. And so the goal with this is to completely change and reimagine what public school is and should be, especially with you know the age of online that we're in. Um, that COVID kind of really had a huge effect on. But we were kind of headed there anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just really sped up the process, as well as the age of, um, you know, I, I guess to put it like this, we kind of had a double pandemic when when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. About, what was it, two months later, George Floyd was killed. Mm-hmm. And it really put a spotlight on racism in the country, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that has never been done before. Uh, not recently or ever, really, because we have the online world now. Mm-hmm. So kids are talking so much more about that, and it's polarized people in such a way that um, it's sad. You know, it's 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 needed. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; it's needed the way it's been spotlighted, and people have to pick a side. But at the same time, it's sad to watch. And so, um, and also when the schools won't let you talk about critical race theory and things that have happened in the past like this, we can't even study the history. Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to learn from it? It's going to repeat itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're just going to go down the same path. Right. Which is what I'm seeing. So um, with this organization and with coffee, um, I feel like I'm going to be able to talk to these kids about community and talk about togetherness and talk about both sides of the lines, connecting Mm -hmm. both sides of the lines. What I've been able to do with helping people connect and helping people build my community, and that's why I have a business, why my business is there. Mm -hmm. I want to have kids doing the same thing, you know, um, and having the same mindset as well as having the mindset of, hey, you know, I see black role models and educators in the neighborhood that mm-hmm. look like me um, and have been through similar things as me. You know what I'm saying? I've been through tough times like I have. And they're educators. Why are they coming back to the community to educate? Education don't pay a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? But the kids are going to say like, oh, it actually does pay a lot of money because we see it It can here, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And these opportunities and these ways where you can educate mm-hmm. and uh, give back to your community. You can find ways where it does make money or it gives you what you need, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But also money shouldn't be your only goal. Mm-hmm. It's really one of the roots of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I so mean... I said a lot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and also just to emphasize that um, college credits are, like, that is that is money. Like, because a college credit, basically, if you get a college credit for a class uh, in college, then you don't have to take that class while you're attending at the university. We all know universities charge quite a bit of money these days, and the least amount of time you have to spend at a university means the less money you have to spend. So if you can get a college credit here at your um, nonprofit and not have to take a course uh, that's part of the curriculum in order to get your degree, you're basically saving like tens of thousands of dollars these days. So it's like super valuable, actually. Um, And then you also, I mean, like you were saying, I feel like your business specifically brings a lot of black role models into a space for younger people. Like, I mean, just like the hosts that we were listing off for the late night open mic. Like, um, and that, I mean, 
yeah, I feel like it's you can't put a price on that. And and so yeah, I think I mean, where can people go to donate to that? Um also the other thing is there's a type 1 hood fan that we need. Where can people go to donate for that? So we have a um GoFundMe up and running now mm-hmm. in our Instagram bio. Uh, we plan on I plan on posting an actual video of myself to kind of really announce it talk to people about it so they can have more information and the full details on where the money will go. They feel a little more better about it. And um, <clears throat> so Instagram bio for now. And stay tuned for a video coming soon mm-hmm. from me, uh, as well as we have a QR code in the shop mm-hmm. that you can use. And we'll be out in the community kind of doing a few fundraisers coming mm-hmm. up as well um, that we'll talk about. All right. And then June 23rd is the next late night open mic, which everybody should come to. Honestly, the last one was super fun. I think this next one's going to be even more fun. Yeah, it's going to be packed. Yeah. And uh, also, I can name like six people off my top of my head right now that uh, go to Starbucks every other day for chai. And stop doing that. Go to Equal Minded Cafe. Seriously. Um, That'll do like just fine uh, as well if you don't want to donate to the. donations go just buy some chai it's delicious it's the best in the city i'm telling you yes, yeah um any last words before we sign out um i guess one really cool thing that we're project that we're doing right now mm-hmm. is we are partnered with operation breakthrough uh, they have started a food truck with the kids at the Ignition Lab, mm. and they're going to be using equal-minded beans directly for the truck, oh, for the coffee cool. on their truck. And so that is extremely huge because uh-huh. it not only produces some revenue, of course, because they're going to buy a lot of beans from us. They're going to be a busy truck, and we're going to help them to be busier. Um, but they partnered with other places like Ruby Jeans, uh, partnered with other couple other chefs that are really, really well-known na- nationwide mm-hmm. um, to help them create their recipes. And then the kids that are in it, you know what I mean? Like that gives me access to mentoring them and talking to them about uh, some of the stuff that mm-hmm. we're doing at the coffee shop and the community entrepreneurship stuff. Um, we had a meeting just the other day where three of the kids came, and it just felt so good to talk to them about stuff going on in the coffee shop. They were interested, let them try the chai. They're interested in that. They're like, what's in this? How do you make it? Like, what? And I'm like, I'm ready to show you. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> so it's just exciting, man. It's yeah. electrifying. Like, you get so excited to work with kids and mentor them, um, especially when they're like, you know, they look like me and they've been through similar things as me or they're in neighborhoods that are similar to the one I grew up in. Like, I'm just like, I really feel like that's where I'm supposed to be. Uh-huh. Um, so that's a huge partnership for us that I'm excited about. Um as well as some other partnerships coming up with um, some of our some of our regulars like UMKC Center for Neighborhoods, um, you know they have a couple events there. Uh, JVS just had an event, Jewish Vocational Services. Um, hopefully, looking at talking to them about some projects too, because uh, they need to expand space. Mm-hmm. And um, so many other people, you know, um, it's it's been a blessing, man. So yeah, just want to talk about that, I guess. Uh, it's a pretty cool thing. Awesome. I mean, what? How can we support those collaborations? If you see that food truck, what are we looking for with that food truck? The food truck uh-huh. will be. 
I want to say it's going to be done and opened up and announced within the next two weeks. Uh-huh. And they should be at, we have another event on July 1st. Uh-huh. It's a huge vendor event called Midtown Marketplace Events. Oh, yeah, let's go. And that one is kind of, the goal of that is to really reimagine what Midtown means. Mm-hmm. A lot of people assume it's certain parts of the city. So a lot of people assume it might just be even closer to downtown, um, Crossroads area, right? So we kind of imagine it as 18th Street all the way down to 63rd is Midtown. And um, that's what we want to imagine it as. So all businesses that are in those areas, we're going to give them a free vending opportunity Mm -hmm. to come and use our space. And we expect 60 plus vendors uh, and 400 plus attendees. So the Ignition Lab should be there and there'll be only one of two food trucks that are there. So they'll be you know, whipping it up. They're having yeah. a whole breakfast menu. And the kids uh, have created the spices is what they did. Mm-hmm. So they made three or four different types of spices. The kids came up with them themselves. And that's what they'll be. They'll be selling spices, but also the food spice will be on the food. So um, that's huge. So come yeah. check them out. But also come check out all the other vendors. Like I said, 60 plus local vendors. Uh-huh. So that'll be July 1st. It's a day event from noon to 6 p.m. Um, yeah. Sweet. It's on a Saturday. June 23rd, late night open mic, July 1st, KC or Midtown Marketplace. Put it in your calendar. Don Tabius, thanks for being on.